The book of Jude is all about having a confidence in faith, but also being willing to contend for our faith, to fight for it, to fight for our faith. And in a time period that we live in today, that is gonna become more and more important because we are inundated by false doctrine every single day. What's interesting is this book, there was a lot of argument in the early church of whether this was even canon, so the the book that we're studying today was even verified. And all it talks about primarily is false teachers. So let's dig into this book. Um, If you would, I'm gonna ask you to do something a, a little different today. I'm gonna ask you to stand as we read from God's holy word. We're not gonna read the whole book, but I do want to read starting in verse 17. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last time there would be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his, his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. So the first question I want to pose to you is, who is this Jude anyway? After all, if we're going to talk about false teachers, we should at least know who wrote this book about it. And as it turns out, Jude identifies himself as the brother of James. Which James? Well, the brother of Jesus. You're like, well, wait a minute. Why doesn't he say that? Why doesn't he say, I am Jude, the brother of Jesus? I mean, that would be a really great resume, wouldn't it? I live with this guy. Yes, I didn't believe him whenever he, you know, before he died, but once he was risen, oh, I was all 100% in. We see Jude's humility, even from the very beginning of this letter. He doesn't identify himself as the brother of Jesus, he's the brother of James. The leader of the Jerusalem council half-brother of Jesus, 
In fact, Jude's salutation, the beginning of this letter, is very similar to James. And he does not identify himself as an apostle. In fact, if we look in verse 17, he distinguishes himself from the apostles. And time-wise, Jude was written before the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. But after 2 Peter, due to the message regarding false teachers. And it's very interesting how different his attitude is and earnestness. So why is knowing this author so important? Because Jude is all about identifying false teachers. And we need to be adamant. We need to be earnest about making sure the teachers that we have in our lives are not false. In fact, this is the only book in the New Testament that is completely devoted to confronting apostasy. That is to say, people in the church who are teaching false doctrine. And of course, we know that the devil is trying to attack the church from outside. That's usually easy to see, isn't it? We know when the devil is attacking us from outside, but what about on the inside? If the devil can get an agent into the church, then what happens? In the long war against truth, the attacks from the outside can be harmful, but the most devastating for a church usually results from agents within the church. In fact, we look at Jude's purpose. Look back on ver- at verse three. Look back at verse three. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation. So Jude tells us his first purpose, what he really wanted to do was write about our common salvation. But what does the Holy Spirit do? I know what that's like. He says, Jude, you're gonna write about this. And so it says, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing to you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. So the Holy Spirit intervened. So why does he do this? Well, he tells us. Jude's a very short epistle, so he makes it very plain. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So it's very clear who these apostates are. For one thing, they deny Christ. So why is it so hard to spot these individuals? Often we get hoodwinked, don't we? I know during the pandemic, we had a lot of doomsayers, didn't we? 
A lot of people coming out saying it's the end times. And it certainly seemed like it sometimes. You had a lot of dreamers, people who claimed to have prophetic dreams that the end of the world was going to be next October or whatever. I even got a little hoodwinked myself, wondering if there was any truth to it. The Bible is very clear on how to deal with these individuals, however. Because after October passed, we knew what? They were false. Because one, if God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So if it doesn't happen, well, what then? We know they're false. Deuteronomy 13, I'm going to read this to you. Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods whom you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So shall you purge the evil from among you. That's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. But when we encounter false teachers in our lives, we need to sever them from our lives. Otherwise, they can contaminate our beliefs, our faith. And that's what Jude is warning us about. And you know what Jesus warned that false teachers would come? He said they're coming. Paul said that they were coming. Repeatedly through his epistles, he warned that the false teachers are coming. Peter said they're coming. Jude says, they're here. They're here. The doctrine of these individuals is a corruption, usually of the grace of God. Usually turning people to sin. They deny Jesus Christ as Lord and master of their lives. They add to the gospel. Oh yes, it's by grace, but you also have to do this. Or God is always going to make you prosperous. You're going to have incredible wealth. Everything's going to be easy the moment that you, you trust in Christ. That's not what the Bible says. And you can't accept everybody who says, yes, I am a Christian. Don't pick up a book and say, oh, he says he's a Christian, this must be true. Don't even believe someone who gets up in the podium and says, I am a Christian. Yes, I'm pointing at myself. Test me. 
Make sure what I'm telling you is true before you just accept it. So what are we to do? Well, look at verse 17 again. But beloved, you ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember. Remember. All the things the apostles taught you. All the things that Peter wrote. All the things that Paul wrote. Warning you. Exhorting you. Remember our faith, our foundations. The apostles told you this would, it would be this way. There would be false teachers. Do not be disheartened. This should not come as a surprise. If anything, it is a fulfillment. God is still in control. You know what's interesting? When John wrote the book of Revelations, he writes seven letters to the churches. And they're not very great reports that Jesus has about those churches. In fact, most of them have warnings given to them that they need to correct error in their churches. And it can be very disheartening. But what is the very next thing we see in chapter four? God on the throne. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that that is just put there. He's reminding us that no matter what's going on, God is still in control. God is still on the throne. So remember our faith. Second, we need to remain in our faith. What does it say? Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Be strong in your understanding of Christian truth. Be discerning. Know the scripture. And know that scripture is black and white. There is a narrow way that leads to life. There is a broad way that leads to destruction. There are children of God and there are children of the devil. There's no middle ground. Which begs the question, are we being too tolerant? Are we being too accepting? In 2 Corinthians 11, it says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder... For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. In 1 Thessalonians 5, do not despise prophetic utterances. That's preaching if you didn't know. So don't despise preachers, okay? But examine everything carefully. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. 
pray in the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, it says, in the same way the Spirit also helps out, uh, helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We pray in the Holy Spirit. We keep ourselves in the love of God. What does that mean? It means obey. Obey God's will. Don't drift off. Don't be moved about by winds of change, cultural changes. And in Hebrews 12, it says, why should we not drift the love? And God will discipline those whom he loves. He'll get you back on track. It's not always fun. Believe me. Abide in his love in John 15. Wait anxiously. This is our hope. Christ is coming back. You believe that? Christ is coming back. We have a promise for eternal life. We should be living in a way that we are ready to go now. Or now. The promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Third, we should reach out in faith. Everything up until this point has been about building yourself up, preparing yourself, but we also must be willing to reach out to those who are lost, who are dying in their sin. And this is a double challenge because when we go out into the world, there is a danger of these false teachers, not just in here, but out there. Jude identifies three kinds of people threatening the church. Those who are doubting, those who are convinced, and those who are committed to these false teaching. And he proposes a way of dealing with each one. Those who are doubting are not anti-Christ, but they are weak, confused, led astray, False teachers prey upon these people the most. And our response, we find in 1 Peter, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence, we present the truth mercifully. Those who are convinced these are the ones who have bought into the lies. They're in the fire. And our response, we do not embrace them, but we do not abandon them. We are sent to rescue those people, pursue them, pray for them. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of the weakness, or wickedness in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 12. 
2 Corinthians 10 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. He's talking about ideas. He's talking about false teachings, the power over the mind and the spirit. We are destroying speculations, verse 5. Every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Jesus modeled this. He was gentle with tax collectors, but he was harsh with Pharisees and scribes. And then we have those who are committed. These are the ones who articulate, who are articulate in their worldview. They are missionaries of error. Agents of evil, if you will. And the words Jude uses here is hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. In other words, don't get your own garments soiled by their false teachings and commitments. Don't be swayed by their arguments. Don't go blindly going up to some false teacher but pray. Seek the Lord before you go. So what happens if we fail to do this? Well, Revelation tells us. Revelation tells us. 50 years later in Revelation 2 and 3, we get a sampling of churches. Ephesus, he's, they're praised for it putting false teachers to the tests. Smyrna, Smyrna had shrunk so far that only the true believers remained. Pergamum, there were people who followed false teachings in that church. Balaam, the Nicolaitans. Thyatira, they tolerated a false prophetess. And Sardis, only a few of them had not soiled their garments, as John writes. And as we see in Jude 23, and Laodicea, they were dead. There were no believers in that church. And then we must rest in our faith. Yes, we must struggle. Yes, we must be willing to contend for our faith, but we must also rest in our faith as the praise team so wonderfully shared with us. We have such confidence in Jesus Christ. We build ourselves up on our most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit, keep ourselves in the love of God, and keep the faith in the mercy of Jesus Christ, anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. Now to him, verse 24, read it with me. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. When you're worried about contending for the faith, am I strong enough? You're not, but God is. Rely on him. You think I'm confident to stand up here before you? This is a place of honor to stand before you and deliver God's word? You think I feel 
adequate in myself? Make sure I don't say something wrong, misquote. Guys, I am relying on the Holy Spirit this morning. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. As the band comes up and leads us in worship, If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your, your savior, I invite you to do that, to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ because it is only through him that we have confidence, that we have truth, that we have peace, in knowing that when we die, that we have a, an eternal home in heaven with a loving, forgiving, faithful God who wants us with him always. And he's willing to help you through this life, to help with your stumbling, that you may stand before him in glory, blameless. For those of you who do know Jesus, I challenge you to contend for the faith, to go out there and rescue some people through the Holy Spirit. And while you're in here, this group of people wonderful people. Watch out for each other. YouTube has some awful stuff on it. Stuff that seems right, but it's wrong. We keep an eye on each other. We make sure that we don't bring what's out there in here and spread disunity, division, evil. Search your hearts and let the Holy Spirit guide you.